0: Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service from June 5th, 2022. Thank you and God bless. Good
1: morning, everybody. How's it going?
0: Welcome to Ackland Avenue. Um, I'm going to start off by reading from Genesis 11, 1 through 9 <clears throat> Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Let's pray. Holy Father, we are so grateful to have um, a beautiful day um, and the opportunity to come here um, and to be together to read your word and to pray and to, to listen to good teaching. And um, we're just so grateful for the, the chance to be more like your son. God, I pray that you help us now to focus on him, focus on his life, help us to focus on how we may encourage one another and uh, be there for one another. God, be with those that aren't here this morning, be with those that are traveling. to Jesus, let me pray. Amen. <clears throat> Three
2: hundred forty-four. Songs about the call of God or call of Jesus. Three
3: forty-four. Jesus calls us o'er the tomb of of our life, while restless sea, day by day, his sweet voice sounded, sacred. God.
1: your works, Lord, and wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord, but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you today thankful for the beauty of this earth you have made. Do not hide your face from us, Lord, but renew us. As we meditate on your goodness and praise your name. We ask you Lord to watch over all the students and adults at work camp this week. Guide them Lord as they serve our neighbors. May your name be honored and may our neighbors experience your goodness and love. We pray for health and healing for those sick in our congregation and our friends, for Christy, for Chuck, for Shelly, for Marion, for Shelley. Brett, Pam, Debbie, and Aussie. We praise you, Lord, for your good works and for your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: 62.
2: Uh, Baffle
3: has been folks focus <laughs> All right here uh, alright mark 179 for the song after the lesson
2: 179 uh, now turn to 331 331
3: In the hush of early morning, when the breezes whispering blow, Oh!
5: a reminder of what Pentecost Sunday is. It's a reminder that the work of God is never about just one person. There's God's Spirit working amongst all people. So it's a reminder for us that um, as uniquely wonderful as every person is, um, the work of God is not essentially located in any one person, right? So I'm so grateful for Stina and Justin and Aaron and Brian that preached while I was gone. I'm thankful for Daniel working on the parking lot. How great is the new parking lot, right? That's exciting. Uh, We we gained some more spots, and the the kids in the neighborhood riding bikes, how excited are they, right? Um, So it's great to have uh, the new parking lot. I really enjoyed my sabbatical. I'm really grateful for it. I do not take it for granted. I'll be telling you stories about it, I'm sure, Specifically, uh, I was able to do a trip to Israel for a week, which was really great. And I brought you a gift from the trip, okay? So, I brought you a mug to add to the collection downstairs. I couldn't afford to get you all a mug, so I'll get one, and you can just rotate the next 10 years all drinking out of this. Here's the background of this. Do you remember, kids, the year where Bible Bowl was Leviticus? And what was your, what was your team name that year? The rock hyraxes, okay. So I was on a hike one day at a national park and this critter ran by, okay, I don't know the Hebrew word for critter, but um, critter <laughs> ran by and I was, what was that? And I kept following this critter and trying to get pictures of it and stuff. And when I finally got back to the opening of the trail, they had a picture of like all the animals you may see on the hike and it was a rock hyrax. I saw a rock hyrax. And then they had a little gift shop at the National Park and they had a Rock Hyrax coffee mug. Okay, so a Rock Hyrax. I'm gonna present this to Justin. He's not my favorite. You'll make sure it gets down there, right? You can drink in it the first day. Well, not, not yet.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah I should've put shekels in it or something like that, right? That's great. Um, it's really good uh, to be back. We're going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, which is not a surprise for you. I'm out of the habit. I, I forgot my bulletin. Brian has one for me. You can tell, rookie mistake, okay? But we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 2 as we look at Pentecost. And here is, here is how I'd like to set this up there is a, a modern malaise that we all experience. In our culture, because of globalism and the internet, we are aware of more human suffering than any group of people has ever been aware of. Now, I said with some disclaimer, there are still ways in American life that we're probably shielded at times from hardship. But what I mean is because of the images we see on our phone, we are daily bombarded with images of violence and war and discord and hatred and racism, not by just things down the street, but by things all over the world. 200 years ago, people wouldn't have been chit-chatting all the time about what's going on in Ukraine. They just would have had some abstract awareness of maybe wars around the world or something like that. But we know so much. I believe it was the columnist Elizabeth Brunig that said a couple of years ago a quote that I thought was so powerful. She said, it used to be only God was omniscient. So now we're just aware of so much. And there's a beauty to that knowledge. Like, I'm not saying I want to go back. But there's a heaviness to the awareness. So here's what's happened over the last hundred years. We are gradually becoming more aware of all the pain and suffering in the world. But because of the sheer weight of that, it appears that we have less and less ability to truly make a difference. So as our awareness of pain and suffering goes up, it appears that we have less and less ability to make a difference. And what that does is it leads to paralysis, angst cynicism we see yet another news story of the innocent being harmed yet another news story of the weak being mistreated yet another news story where we don't feel safe and we're like the people that should be doing something seem unable to do and we just feel more and more what is our what is our place in all this and how can we do something and that's why the message of the gospel is so important That's what we celebrate today on Pentecost, the climax of the gospel, that the gospel is not just about the crucifixion and the resurrection. The gospel is about what happens at Pentecost. In big summation, this is the plan of God. We did not create ourselves, but we were created by divine power, divine being that is personal and that loves us. And that this world, seen in rock hyraxes and sunsets and trips to the beach and the mountains and all that stuff. This world is beautiful and wonderful and was created by God. And yet, even though humans are created in God's image, we have messed this up because of our sin and because of our actions. But God did not abandon us. God did not abandon his creation. God, in the incarnation Entered in to this world and lived among us and taught us how to live, live a life of love and justice and mercy and peace. And we did not like that. We did not like that. And humanity killed him. And yet the mystery of the gospel it was even in the killing of God that we find freedom and deliverance and forgiveness. And the tomb could not hold Jesus. And he came back from the dead. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand and now pours out the Holy Spirit. And this is the good news of the Holy Spirit. You can make a difference in this world. And that's not because of you. It's not because of your power, as wonderful as you are. But you can make a difference in, this God's, in God's world because the power of the resurrection is now inside the believer. And the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead now lies inside of you. And because of that, you can have the confidence, not the angst or the cynicism or the despair. You can have the confidence to go out and make a difference in this world. And Christians have been doing that for centuries, millennia. And that is the story of Pentecost. What I briefly want to do this morning, I want us to read the passage together. I want to briefly walk through the sequence of Pentecost and then kind of have some closing thoughts at the end. If you would stand with me for the reading of Acts chapter 2. It's like 47 verses. The lectionary highlighted verse 21 through the Joel prophecy. I felt like that was enough for us. If you want to join with me for reading the Joel prophecy and the bold writing towards the end, feel free. This is Acts chapter 2, 1-21. through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who were speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, in Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is God's word. You may be seated. Pentecost was the Jewish feast of first fruits. They would do it kind of late spring every year. And you know the excitement when you get That first tomato, right off your tomato plants, the first bloom that comes in. Those of you that grow squash or green beans, the first one comes in, and there's an excitement, and you run in and you watch it, and you're like, tonight, at dinner, we're gonna split the five of us, the first tomato that has come in, right? And there's so much excitement with it, and that is what they would do every year in spring. They would come together for the feast of the first fruits. To Jerusalem. This is 50 days. Penta, Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. So Jesus appeared to them for 40 days, and it's been 10 days since the ascension at this point. And these are all Jews here, but they come they come from all over. You know, did you notice one of the places mentioned was Cyrene, Simon and Cyrene who carried the cross, right? There's all kinds of imagery here. They have come from all over, and Jesus has told them to wait in the upper room until power comes from on high. But they're hidden in there. And they're still experiencing a sense of fear. There's 120 of them. Notice the 120, the 12 children of Israel type of theme there. But they're all hidden in there and they're fearful. And they have the same type of fear that we often have. The pain and suffering of this world seems to be going up, and our ability to do something seems to be going down. <laughs> and what are we going to do? And how can we make a difference in what is going on? And then, out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit comes down, it manifests as like tongues of fire. So fire, fire in the Bible is always a sign of Theophany. If you were to read Exodus chapter 20 and the other chapters around there about the Mount Sinai experience, you will notice how similar Pentecost is to Mount Sinai. And this idea of the appearance of God, this idea of theophany, and God being there, and God being present, and there's smoke and there's fire. This is always a symbol of God's presence, and the Spirit came down on all of them, and they spoke, and it was a miracle of tongues, it was a miracle of language, and they all heard them, and all of them would have heard it this way, well, they would have thought of what Matt read the start of service, they would have thought of the story of the Tower of Babel, where suddenly no one could understand each other, and they would think suddenly we all understand each other. And there's a reversal of Babel. You've heard us use this phrase over the years of Acklin, this idea of reverse of the curse, the symmetry of the Bible, and that things have come full circle, and suddenly there's a power that enables humans to communicate, to speak God's language together, and everyone hears them, and they're like, what is the explanation for this, right? They, they, they must be drunk. Peter stands up and says, we're not drunk. Rather, this is to fulfill the ancient prophecy of the day of the Lord. And he quotes Joel. Now, Joel's a short and really interesting prophet. Um, well, I don't know the stature of, uh, of Joel. The writing was short, right? Okay. <laughs> but um, we we're not really sure if it's pre-exile or post-exile or what the date was. And it talks about the locust family. Like, peculiar things about Joel. But here's what we know. The prophets had an imagination that a time was coming... When things would be different. And they dreamed about this idea of the day of the Lord and the day of the Lord. They did not envision as a 24 hour day, but rather it was an epoch of history. It was a time period. It was a new age that was coming. And they dreamed that someday things would be different. And I think you do, too. Deep within you, when you're experiencing that, things seem to be getting worse, and I feel less and less able to make a difference, but yet, when you do have hope, it's because you think someday things are going to be different. There's going to come a time. This is not as fast as it's going to be. There's going to be a time when things are going to be better, and that's what the prophets always said. There's going to be a time when it's going to be better. And what's going to usher in this time when things are better The power of God is going to come. It's not just that humans are going to finally figure it out. We're finally going to discover this new knowledge, this new learning. It's that God's power is going to come down in a way that God's power has never come down before. It's going to come on young and old, slave and free, men and women. And let me just say, this was a big passage for us in our discernment over the last few years. And this is the first Pentecost Sunday we've had When men and women were both speaking in the service, and I don't want to spike the football or anything, I just want to say, this feels more like Pentecost than last year to me. And I think that's beautiful, and I just want us to relish that. So the Spirit is going to come down in this powerful new way, blood, smoke, and fire. Notice the Sinai imagery. Notice the idea that it went dark when Jesus was crucified. All of that happened, okay? So Peter's saying, this is the day you've always dreamed of, and it's come. And what has brought it about? And that's where he continues on after verse 21, after the part we read. You can open a Bible here in Acts 2 and see the sequence we're about to go. But he says, we should not be surprised that the day of the Lord has now come. Because things have been unusual for a while, right? There was a guy that came that did miracles, There was a guy, Jesus of Nazareth, that came and he did healings and miracles and fed the 5,000 and he led like no one else had lived and he was in the lineage of the prophets. He was a great prophet himself and he lived like no one else had lived and that was special and that was unique. So we should not be surprised that the day of the Lord has now come because things have been mysterious and unique for quite some time leading up to this. And recently, just 50 days ago, around Passover, He was killed. And Peter says, the inference being made here, the reason this is happening, the reason the day of the Lord is now coming, the Holy Spirit is now coming down, the reason this is happening is because Jesus is not dead. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is risen. And he points to Psalm 16 as his evidence for how it was prophesied that the Messiah would not stay dead. It's a Psalm of David with a key line where it says, you will not abandon your Holy One to decay. And he says, friends, let's be honest. David's buried right over there. Like we come to Jerusalem to remember David. We come to Jerusalem to recognize the tomb of David, the great king. But Psalm 16 was not about David. Because David was abandoned to decay. David did die. His body's buried right over there. So, who was Psalm 16 about? Friends, it was always prophesied that the Messiah would not stay dead. Psalm 16 is about Jesus. And if Jesus is alive, it leads to the next great question, one of the greatest questions we'll ever contemplate, and that is this If Jesus is not dead, if Jesus is alive, what's Jesus doing? What's he up to? How often have you thought about that as you see all of the trauma that happens in our daily life? You're like, where is God? And the answer is, God is alive. God is alive in Jesus, and what is Jesus up to? Jesus has ascended to the Father's right hand, okay? And this is a spiritual description. Kids, we're not trying to say you fly into outer space, beyond Mars, and you see Jesus at the Father's right hand. This is a spiritual description of a spiritual reality that has physical consequences. But Jesus has ascended to the Father's right hand, and the imagery there, And the next psalm he quotes is Psalm 110, so his trajectory is Joel, Psalm 16, and then Psalm 110. And he says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And the footstool reference is the person sits at the right hand of God Almighty and reigns until everything is at the will of the king. So everything is how the king wants things to be, to actually be that way. So Jesus is with God the Father, making the world as it should be. As Revelation says, making all things new. Well, why did Jesus leave to improve the earth? Why did Jesus leave us to make things better for us? Because it is when Jesus sits at the Father's right hand that Jesus pours out the Spirit. And the Spirit is God's power. To remake this world as it was intended to be. To remake us into the new Eden. That will not fully happen until Jesus returns. But to make things how they're to be. We live in this time period of the day of the Lord. We live in the time period of history known as the last day. Where the kingdom has come. And we can have tastes and glimpses of heaven on this earth. And someday Jesus will return to bring it completely home. That is what Jesus is up to. He's pouring out his power on you. On you. So that you can fulfill his prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And this message cuts them with the heart because when they finally realize that Jesus was in fact the Messiah, and they realize that they killed the Messiah, which is not on any one group of people, that is all of us collectively as humanity, we killed the Messiah. And when that happens... Well, you've experienced that. You've had that sense when you're like, I can't believe how bad things got. I can't believe what I just did. I can't believe what I said, what I did, my actions. And you look in the mirror and you just hang your head. You say, is there any hope? What can be done? And this picks up the part a lot of us are familiar with, Acts 2, verse 37, verse 38, where Peter says the good news of the gospel is that you can be forgiven. (laughs) You can repent, you can confess your sin, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. Because the good news of the gospel is you can be cleansed from every bad thing you have ever done. You can be healed. There can be reconciliation. And then you can live differently. You can live differently. And so as that Holy Spirit comes down upon them, as 3,000 get baptized and get washed in the blood of the Lamb that day... In Acts 2 42 through 47, we see a group of people living like no group of people had ever lived before. Well, they're saying, It's not mine and it's not yours, it's ours. And they're spending time together every day. They're studying the scriptures. They're praying together. Miracles are happening. They're sharing possessions. They're selling land to take care of the poor. Amazing things are happening in that community. And what we see at the end of chapter 2, there's no cynicism. There's no angst. There's no despair. They are making a difference in the Roman world, not because of their ingenuity and their work ethic and they're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, but because the power of the Holy God is among them. So the good news of the gospel is that Jesus did not abandon us in God's good creation, but that saved us and saved us for the ability to live like we've always wanted to live. So I want to tell you that you have the Holy Spirit and that you can make a difference. And I know that the problems of this world seem overwhelming. When we continue to see images of war, and it has caused human migration on a scale this world has never known. Because of violence that has led to widespread situations of refugees and immigration. And there's chaos and there's heartache in that. And it just pains us. And so many of you, many of you stocked the fridge this week for a blessed family that arrived from Ukraine and that is a wonderful work. And many of you are continuing to walk alongside this family from Afghanistan that amazingly got through the checkpoint last September. And these are hard, hard things. We see images around schools that break our hearts and we just don't know what to do. And we process things that we think, no one should have to process these things. Things are going to come out of the Supreme Court in the next few weeks. Some people are going to be really excited. Some people are going to be really scared and nervous. It's Pride Month. Christians wrestle with what's the wisest, compassionate, most gracious way to handle Pride Month. There are so many things going on in our world. And I want to tell you this. You can go out and make a difference. You can listen to someone. You can spend time with someone. And I'll just share one of the main things I've been convicted of in recent days. I've thought of this a lot in recent years, but one of the main things I continue to be reminded of in recent days when I wrestle with how can I make a difference, I keep keep thinking of this sad truth. So many of these acts of violence are done by young men who look a lot like me. And I know what it's like to be 17, 18, 19, and to have big questions in life. And I I can't fix this world. But I tell you, the most wonderful things I think I ever get to do is to spend time with 17, 18, and 19-year-old men. And I'm not trying to blame all the world's problems on that age group, but I'm talking about this specific problem. The evidence does trend that way. And when I think back to the decade I spent in youth ministry, I think about the time I spent in college ministry. Now, anytime I get to encourage a 7, 18, 19-year-old guy that's trying to figure out where he fits in this world, I don't think I fixed a big problem, but I sense the power of the risen Jesus in me helping make a difference. I don't know what that is for you. But I know that Jesus is risen, and that Jesus is still working, and Jesus can work through you. And I want to close this way. This week is a wonderful week because we have a lot of students and adults that are participating in Nashville Work Camp. This is the 25th year of Nashville Work Camp. It's a bunch of churches of Christ that get together and paint houses, paint probably about 20 houses this year. Just really briefly, those that are participating, just stand up for a second so we can see those who are participating. It'll be really brief. I won't make you stand up long. All these folks who participate, you can have a seat again. Thank you. Here's what's interesting about this week. We're going to be getting out of our comfort zone and we're going to be painting and we're going to be asking hard questions. We're going to be, we're going to be not just do work for someone, but we're going to ask ourselves, why are all these houses in the same part of town? Why aren't we painting any houses in my neighborhood? What's the history of that? Because there's history behind poverty. And decisions were made that led to these situations of poverty. And we'll get into that. And also, as we've been talking about, you remember last summer, Ryan Thornton's sister, Sam, came and spoke to us about the ministry she has to the Japanese in Atlanta, Georgia. And there's a group of them coming up. There's going to be six students from the GLOBE ministry, it's the Japanese ministry in Atlanta. They're going to be with us this week. And kids, they speak very little English. And they don't know a lot about Christianity. So here's the thing. They're going to leave this week after doing a work camp with us. And the main thing in their mind that they're going to have about Christianity is this week with you. <laughs> so you have no pressure. So imagine if, oh my goodness, there's a person out there and they base what they think about Jesus on their experience with me. Guess what? It's always that way. It's always that way. And yet, the power of the risen Jesus works through us. We pray for everyone working this week. We pray that it's an amazing time. Let's now stand together
3: and sing as Larry leads us. God is calling, prodigal, come without delay. Hear, oh, hear I'm calling, I'm calling now for thee. Oh, you wonders, so far from his presence, come today. Hear his loving voice calling to him. Leaves is waiting there. Here, his loving voice calling still.
6: On the night before our Lord Jesus Christ was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread, and after he blessed it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, and after he blessed it, he gave it to the disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Let us pray. God, we receive this bread of life with humility and hope. May we feast on him in our hearts through faith and join this world that you have opened up in his body. For his name's sake, amen. Of spring. For this cup of your Son's blood, God, we are truly thankful. And may we find it in it here uh, more than his blood, but also our willingness to suffer and to defy a world that kills without mercy, to become for this world the mercy that it so desperately needs, but for which we must pay. We ask for the help of your Son and the gift of your Spirit in his name. Amen.
2: See, but all I could see was the word "dead," and I thought, "No, that's a little nice gift if you give everybody a present that anyway He is cute. Second, when I worked in here 24 years ago, uh, Duff Harris was a song leader. He also been my student and in plays, and we were in early music consort together. And also, I asked him to lead our last song.
4: greetings from the Naperville Church of Christ, and I bring you greetings from uh, the Ackland from many hundreds of years ago, and so uh, I was thinking about, I first set foot in this building almost 30 years ago, and I uh, look back, it was a lot smaller then, and uh, I want you to know that I think the people that were there at that time would be very proud of you. And I was thinking about some of that, and I was thinking about something I tell the congregation where I lead singing nowadays in Naperville, Illinois. Uh, I talk about um, places and songs that kind of have little ghosts attached to them. And this song, number 293, by the way, you should probably know what you're going to lead sing in a second. 293. Uh, When I first walked into this room, there was a gentleman who lived next door who would come to church. His name was Orby Nelson. Orby Nelson was in his, at the time, in his mid 80s, I believe. And he sang the tenor part, and he sang it with that kind of that kind of old man kind of warble, like old country, like old country singers. And I've never been able to shake him singing this song. To this day, I sing this song in places and I can still hear the little ghosts of Orby Nelson's voice, and it takes me to different places, and it uh, it always uh, it always kind of gets me a little. My life, my love.
2: chapter 14 verses 8 through 17. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father, and that Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it is the Father, living in me, who is doing work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, And I will ask the Father, He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today and the blessings that you've given us. Um, I pray that as we return to our lives this week, we won't be overwhelmed by the challenges of life but learn to recognize your grace around us. Your sons know I pray. Amen.
7: That's uh, today, today. Very timely impression with all the events going on in the world. Um, of course, summer travel season is upon us, and I know several people are traveling this week, um, including my family. Three three fifths of us, at least, are out. Um, definitely happy to see some visitors here this morning, though. Birthdays this week looks like it's dominated by Wagner's. <laughs> well, you guys pulled that off. Good job. Father and son on June 7th, Redding and Greg. Redding's turning 11. That's a fun age, Redding. So happy birthday, coming up on Tuesday, I believe, right? And Greg, the same day, and Christy on June 11th. As uh, discussed during the lesson, it is National Work Camp Week. Um, Hundreds of students from Middle Tennessee will be here to paint houses in the community Monday through Friday. I know one of the jobs I was given this week with and gone was I did some painting, um, the living room of the house. Painting is not always fun, which if you guys have not painted at all, you're going to find out. Just remember, it's not about the paint, not about the painting. So um, it's to get out of your comfort zones, humble yourselves, and serve others in the name of Jesus. So the the paint is just an added benefit, and they would definitely be happy with that, but, you know, it'll be a good week. So proud of you guys. Next week, next Sunday, is the annual, another annual tradition, Paddle Day at Longhunter State Park at Kalspo Lake Pavilion. Uh, we will provide kayaks, canoes, and personal flotating devices. Is that what that means? PFDs? Okay. Around 2.30 ends at 7. Dinner will be at 5. Uh, burgers, hot dogs, and veggie substitutes will be provided, so just bring a, uh, um, a side and a drink if you plan on attending. And it looks like they are looking for a volunteer to lead the charge on grilling, if that hasn't been uh, taken yet. So just keep that in mind. Uh, this Wednesday, the Brown Bag Gathering will be the Conways. Um, just bring your dinner and a chair for fellowship in the Devo, 5.30 to 7. And uh, another annual tradition that I look forward to every summer is Mission Week 2020. Um, it's titled On Earth As It Is in Heaven this, this year. Uh, June 26th through Wednesday, June 29th. And there will be nightly activities for all ages. Um, from 4 to 6, basically. And you can look on the, the back. There's a, more of an in-depth schedule on that. And we will host a food drive for our little pantry alongside the Friends Life Tree Truck. Uh, to invite our neighbors, as we did three years ago, we'll hang grocery bags on doorknobs in the neighborhood on Wednesday, June 15th and the brown bag that that, uh, Wednesday will be here at the building. And Encounter 2022, one of the highlights of the summer for um, our kids, as well as many of the adults who who join in with that as counselors. Coming up um, right before school starts the last week of July. Uh, So look out for more details on that. Open for um, kids who have finished the third grade up to the 12th grade. Registration form is online this year and um, I don't know what the, the deadline is on is in that, but just look for more details on that coming up. And this is the last thing, I mean, you can look at the, the more things that are coming up this summer all the way to the end of the year. Uh, July 4th weekend, if you're planning on go out of town, don't go out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Several fun things going on. The National SC game on July 3rd, and uh, the annual cookout at the Conways on the 4th. Is there anything that I've missed? Yes.
0: will
7: upstairs combined class today. You didn't hear that? <laughs> Anything else?
3: Okay,
7: so. Coffee and donuts.
3: downstairs. Don't, don't
7: run. Don't run. <laughs> 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 it yeah. I can do Don't run. Don't run.
0: Listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http://ackland.org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.